Life is a series of circles and cycles, phrases and stages. These are your experiences that teach you the lessons of life. You can either ignore them or embrace them. Welcome to the James Cooley Show. It's your life. James is a motivational speaker, author, military veteran, and founder of the J.C. Cooley Foundation. James is here to equip you to strive for greatness and overcome adversity. It's time to get equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. Now, here's the host of It's Your Life, James Cooley. Hello, welcome to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. <laughs> wow. Hey, the beginning of a new week, Monday. And we got a fantastic show coming your way. We got a serious show, but it's fantastic. And it's something that uh, we all need to talk about and have a better understanding of what it is, uh, what some of the times and situations that we're going through. And uh, uh, if you've been watching television, if you're listening to the radio, you know that there is major problems in the mental health community. And, uh, a lot of people just don't know who to turn to or what to do. So today's show is titled Mental Health and Educational Accessibilities. And I got a guest that's going to talk about all of these things and uh, go deep into uh, mental health, some of the issues, the problems. But most importantly, if you experience or you know someone that, that's experiencing these type of issues, that uh, they would know the accessibility of these things. You know, so that's what we're going to talk about today. But as always, I got my great team here with me today, you know, beginning with DJ Carrot Stick. How are you doing today? I'm always good, James, I'm, and it's a pleasure working the board with you again. <laughs> oh, man, you know, I hey, always a pleasure, man, getting back with you, Todd. You know, so I, I got my co-host here, Michelle. Michelle Cooley, how are you doing today? Hey, happy Monday, James. I'm doing good. And I got my great uh, show contributor, which is Chuck Trenoni. How are you doing today? Really well, James. Nice to be here for a new week, yes. And I, I, I just got to just, I just want you guys just to hear uh, my my guest voice. Uh, so you got to know who he is when we get to him. How are you doing, Jordan Cobert? Hey, JC. I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here, happy to be alive, and happy to, you know, get to talk with you guys today. Man, you know, I tell you, uh, it's it's a pleasure. And, and uh, just like I mentioned to you, my listening audience, if you want to join in on the conversation, it's one 888 Again, that's one 888 You know, I'm going to tell you, uh, today, yesterday and today started out real, real great, uh, Yesterday, I uh, got this phone call uh, from uh, this young lady that uh, actually I called her once her granddaughter got in touch with me and gave me the number. And, you know, I I was trying to figure out who is this person. And I kind of knew who she was, but didn't know for sure because I've been away from Chattanooga, Tennessee for a long, long time. And uh, she had been trying to get in touch with me. Uh, because she had listened to the show and, and had watched it and she saw. And, uh, you know, I called her up and she said, you, do you remember me? I said, yeah. She said, you should take out my trash. Uh, every time she said, you, you used to come over just to take my trash out, just to help us out or, uh, around the house. And, you know, that, that, that made me feel so great that, um, you know, I've been, been away from home um, a long, long time. And that uh, growing up, that uh, some of the uh, ladies that we grew up around still remember you as a kid. So her name is Rebecca. Rebecca, I hope you are listening to the show. You know, I mean, I just want to say thank you. I had so much fun chatting with you last night. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I hope you get a lot out of this. And and feel free to call in and ask some questions. You know, so. And another thing today, I had the opportunity getting my first COVID vaccine. You know, I don't feel any pain right now. I mean, and I feel pretty good. You know, so, uh, yeah, I had an opportunity, and I, I encourage you to get your shot when your number comes up. You know, so, Chuck, you, you, you got your vaccine, uh, 
couple of weeks ago, well, yes, a month ago. Yes. My, my, my wife and I have had the privilege of having our second one. We're about 20 days, we're about 16 to 20 days out from our second one. So we're working towards full efficacy after the two Moderna shots. Oh, yeah. And, and Michelle, she's going to be getting hers soon. We're still waiting on her number to get called. You know, so, uh, hey, I tell you, so let's, let's talk about today's show. Hey, Chuck, can you tell our listeners audience a little bit about the purpose? Sure. Uh, the purpose of tonight's show is to gain an understanding about disabilities and mental health, to learn about education, accessibility, and mental health accommodations for youth and young adults, and the impact on people with disabilities and mental health issues since COVID-19. Wow. You know, I can't wait uh, to uh, hear from our first, our only guest, actually. Michelle, can you introduce this great man to our listening audience? Yes, Jordan Colbert. Jordan Colbert is from Mays Landing, a small city with a big wealth disparity outside of Atlantic City, New Jersey. Receiving a BA in classical studies from the University of Pennsylvania and a Master's of Marriage and Family Therapy from the University of Southern California, he's a first-generation philosopher with a strong preference for using science to solve modern-day psychological questions. Jordan currently works as an assistive technology specialist within the disability services and programs at USC. In this position, he provides assistive technology solutions to disability-related learning challenges while also maintaining a caseload of 200-plus students he counsels as a disability specialist. Jordan is credentialed as an assistive technology professional with the Rehabilitation Engineering and Assistive Technology Society of North America and a member of the Association on Higher Education and Disability. He previously served as a member of the California Association of Marriage and Family Therapists and intern at the Nine Sight Institute, a research lab for interpersonal neurobiology therapeutic mindfulness practices. It is his goal to increase individuality, efficacy, and connection within minority communities and throughout the people of the world. The James Cooley Show, It's Your Life, proudly presents Mr. Jordan Colbert. Welcome back to the show, Jordan. Welcome back to the show. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you, Michelle, for such a, a beautiful introduction to me. I I really love hearing the way that you read that out. It's uh, it's it's just an honor to be here. Wow. Hey, Jordan, you call yourself a first generation philosopher. Can you tell our listeners what you mean by that? <laughs> yeah. So I call myself that uh, because the way that I think about it, my favorite thing to do in the world is to think. And because neither of my parents went to college, being able to think and being like a first-generation student, I like to see myself as a first-generation philosopher with that. And so it's, it's always really been something of mine to ask why, we all know how those little kids will run around and say, well, why, why, why? Uh, and as we get older, we don't always say why. But for me, I just continue to ask why. And so as I got into, you know, philosophy in college, I thought to myself, hey, you know, I'm starting to ask why about these big questions. I'm a first-generation, you know, successful individual. And so I'm, I'm that new-age, first-generation philosopher. Wow. You, you have a background in marriage and family therapy. What made you want to switch from psychology to working in education? Well, I like to think that I'm in an area that intersects both psychology and education. Um, when I was doing therapy, I originally wanted to help children find peace and healing for the issues that were impacting them. And so when I had the opportunity to practice in a high school setting, I really got to see what happens when you have psychological distress in school. I know for me, I never realized that all of the stresses and mental health issues I was having were impacting my academics, but luckily I was able to succeed despite those, and my education became one of my most important values. Uh, so I truly believe that 
education can solve the problems of today. And in order to make that work, we have to heal the student first. And so after graduate school, I found myself interested in the field of disability in higher education because I could still look at psychology as well. Hmm. Yeah, so uh, how do you use your background in mental health and and psychology in your assistant technical professional field? Yeah, so I tend to infuse my background into everything I do, whether that's just like my day-to-day relationships with my family and my partner, or if it's in my, my professional career. And so in my specific career, what I do is I like to meet the challenges of the individual exactly where they are. And so I bring my mental health background in by asking the person just, you know, I provide that safe space. The first thing I do is I meet with them and say, this is your space. Tell me your struggle. And so they can identify areas where they're really struggling and what their challenges are. And because of that, then I can actually start to ask questions about, okay, so what is it that you want to do? What is it that, uh, what is like your ultimate goal from this? And how can I help achieve that goal for you? And so in all of that, that allows me to find out what the best assistive technology is for them. Jordan, what is assistive technology? Can you kind of break down exactly what this is? Yeah. So that is a great question. I get asked that often. Um, Assistive technology is actually an area of school that many people use on a daily basis but don't realize it. The the by the book definition of assistive technology or AT as it's abbreviated is any piece of technology or equipment that allows someone with a disability to independently access their environment. So plainly speaking, an AT can be anything from a pencil grip or a walking cane that can help steady a hand or steady a foot uh, all the way up to high-tech computer programs or artificial intelligence assistance, like, you know, the ones that we have in our phone, like Siri or Alexa. You know, wow. You know, this is great information. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue our discussion with Jordan Colbert. It's Show Life from James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on iHeart.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley. And uh, just like I told you, this is a very important topic. And if you want to join in and be part of the conversation you can call in at one 1170 Again, that's one 1170 You 
important. What constitutes a disability? So a disability is any condition, diagnosis, or injury that majorly limits someone's ability to function in their daily life. So this may be in areas such as learning and communication, physical mobility, or just general daily living. So what, that could be walking, that could be talking, thinking, hearing, all kinds of things like that. Uh, the definition is actually really broad. And the purpose for it being broad is due to the way that people with disabilities have been discriminated against in the past. And so by making it so broad, it allows it to capture a bigger, uh, a bigger swath of people who may be experiencing some of these majorly limiting uh, experiences. Jordan, is it possible for somebody to have more than one disability? Oh, for sure. Uh, it's definitely possible. Not only is it that one person may have uh, like a learning disability or a mental health disability, but sometimes those things go hand in hand. Um, the barriers that people with disabilities may face may be multidimensional. And so there could be a lot of comorbidity in the way that things happen. And so, you know, as you're facing things like discrimination, because maybe you do have a very visible disability, that can bring on other disabilities like mental health uh, concerns like depression, um, anxiety, and things like that. So they can coexist inside one person. How does someone find out if they have a disability? Well, there's also a lot of ways for that. Um, luckily, medical diagnoses, so uh, for a lot of the medical disabilities, people will catch that. So things like, you know, diabetes. Uh, where somebody may have quadriplegia or they may need a wheelchair, things like that. Like, it can be from a doctor. It could also be from a mental health clinician, so from your therapist who diagnoses you with depression or anxiety or schizophrenia. It could also be an eye doctor who identifies that you may be losing your vision in some way or uh, a, a doctor that's related to your ears or your ears and nose and throat who's finding out that you have, like, significant allergies that are impacting you. So there's a lot of different ways, but it's usually from some specific professional. Hmm. Hey, Jordan, how, how can a person's mental health uh, impact their education? Oh, well, that's a great question. So... The way that mental health impacts individuals, it, it's not just like, oh, you know, I have anxiety in one specific setting, which that can be something where it's very, very much so where it's phobia. But with, with mental health, it can impact all areas. So when you're experiencing things like depression, it's really hard to focus and concentrate on what you're doing or to even really want to devote the energy to retaining that information. So as you're trying to attend classes, it may be harder to keep up with notes because your mind may wander or think about the things that, you, that, that are really impacting your depression. Or it may just impact your energy levels. It may impact your motivation. Or it could actually impact the way that you engage with your material. So not just in the focus and concentration, but if you're having some specific you know, hallucinations or something, if you have a severe mental illness, that's going to impact the way that you're going to get your assignments done or the way that you're going to study. So there's a lot of different ways, but it can impact very almost every aspect of your life. You know, one of the most important things, one of the many most important things is getting support um, with mental health disabilities. So how can people get support who have mental health disabilities regarding their, edu their education? Yeah, so... The first place to go is the counseling center at their school or uh, at their university. Most elementary schools, K-12, and college universities have a counseling center or a counselor on staff to help out with mental health disabilities. Now, that's the number one place to go because that gives you the outlet to really explore your mental health condition. 
Now, the other areas, there's also disability support services. Every university and every school has to have disability services present, and that's the law based off of the Americans with Disabilities Act. And because of that, that is a great resource and one that I work in uh, for my university where students can go to get accommodations so they can get support on things like exams where they need to, Mm. to have that extra time because there's no real reason why you need to know all of this information and put it out on a test in an hour when it could just as well be communicated in an hour and a half, but you're having these impacts that you have to overcome. So the disability support area would be the second uh, disability support services. And then the third might just be getting involved in some form of clubs or activities or joining a, a counseling group where people who have similar disabilities or similar experiences can talk and share their experiences with one another to know you're not alone. And that's, that's one of the most critical parts is you're not alone when you're looking for these type of supports in education. John, can, can you talk a, a little bit more about the stigma around mental health and disability related to academics? Yeah, for sure. So stigma is one of the most impactful things that uh, afflicts somebody with mental health concerns. Our society is slowly becoming more understanding about mental health, but in many cases, people will look at it as, why can't I do this? You know, nothing, nothing's wrong with me, and I just can't figure out how to stay focused. Mm-hmm. I can't figure out how to, you know, retain this information. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm, I'm, I'm different. Maybe I'm stupid. And in reality, it's no, you're facing these barriers that are happening. And these barriers come up so much that they actually impact people reaching out for support. They impact people even vocalizing the discrimination they may feel when they reach out and tell like their teacher or their professor, hey, you know, I'm struggling. And the professor or teacher may say, well, you know, everybody's struggling. Good luck. Like that's part of life. And it's no, not everybody is struggling at this level. So there is a stigma that they won't be believed or that their invisible disability may be pushed to the side. Now, when there's a visible disability, the, the stigma is even higher, where people may say, oh, you're here just because, you know, you have these supports, or you couldn't get here, or, oh, you're such an inspiration because of everything you've overcome. And in many cases, that pushes people away from wanting support. That pushes people away from wanting to engage. And that really hurts. That hurts not just the person, but it hurts society because now their contributions are believed to be undervalued. You know, mm. what are some of the educational support for people with mental illness and health disability? Yes, sir. They're very similar to individuals with cognitive disabilities or learning disabilities. Uh, a little bit further is the support that they get with motivation and the support that they get with reminders and things like that. So some educational supports may be that a student may need extensions on assignments because of the way that their mental health disabilities are impacting them. I mean, it, like I was saying earlier, if a student is, has a diagnosis of maybe schizophrenia or something that has hallucinations, it's going to be very, very difficult to complete an assignment if they're having that hallucination on that day. Um, so accommodations from disability supports, that is one educational support. And then another is the assistive technology aspect where, like I said, there's things like, like electronic assistance now. So they can remind you and set reminders for you. So if you're, you're forgetting information or you're forgetting that you have to do things or even you're forgetting your medication, these educational supports are there because that technology can remind you, hey, here's something you need to do. Or maybe you should check out your app or meditate today. Uh, so there's a lot of different supports, whether it's person-to-person, uh, academic accommodations, or just the things that you can do on your own with this assistive technology. Wow. You know, I tell you, uh, got a lot more information. We're going to take a station break, but we're going to come back and continue to have these, this important discussion with Jordan. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity. Coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. 
The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley. Available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and I tell you, we're talking about uh, uh, this very important topic, but. Um, Hey, DJ Karastick, uh, I, I want to – you see this jersey that I'm wearing? Yes, uh, sir. Uh, uh, do you know what it represents? It, it's America's team. <laughs> it's America's team, and uh, Dak Prescott just signed a $160 million four-year contract. Wow. You know, uh, the biggest thing on that one, guaranteed uh, gu- $126 gar- million. Guaranteed. You know, so – but um, I think – okay – <laughs> I think he worth every penny of it, uh, but uh, you know, I, hey, I just, I just had to let my listening audience know that because uh, I, I am a Cowboys fan, and I, just, I just want everybody to know that. But well, Dax is getting some of that uh, Jerry Jones money, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> so, uh, a listening audience, you can still join in at one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Again, that's one eight 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 three four four eleven seventy. Jordan, picking up where you left off, uh, what is educational accessibility? Educational accessibility is basically the idea of creating access for people with disabilities and for people of different learning styles, different learning abilities to actually engage and participate in their education and in all of the opportunities that education provides at the same level as somebody without a disability or uh, with the general population. And it's, it's such an interesting concept that that's something that we actually have to define because, you know, you would think just from happenstance that that would be what it is naturally, that there isn't, you don't need these things, but that is, that is the, the nature of educational accessibility. Thank you. Jordan, from a mental health perspective, why is educational accessibility um, important? Well, mental, from a mental health perspective, education is the key to advancement. And so that's actually from a general perspective. But when you narrow it down more to, to mental health, in order to really be able to fully access the services that you need to, to become a full participant into society with all the things and advancement and opportunities, mental health can really limit that if you don't have the ability to access education. Because not only do you now fight the stigma that you may have a mental health disability or you may be struggling with mental health concerns, but you're also not getting the opportunities where you may be competitive against other people for a job or advancement. And then that then creates negative self-loop that puts people into situations where they're not able to, to overcome and now they have to live in a certain circumstance where they're marginalized or they're struggling when they didn't need to and it's more just because of the way that their mental health has pushed them out of education. Hmm. Hmm. Educational accessibility, how does it play a larger role in our society? Well, uh, kind of coming right off of that mental health perspective, like I said, I really believe that education is the key 
to getting everybody to the next level, getting our society to a higher level of understanding, a higher level of care, and a higher level of just overall success. And so when there is this educational accessibility where everybody has the, the ability to gain an, an effective education and an effective ability to actually go out into society and then, you know, progress to get, to get that advancement, they can see things from different perspectives. So when you're, you're looking at educational accessibility, in order to remove the marginalization and remove the discrimination and the systemic oppression that occurs, we need more people to be educated to fight these systems, to know that these systems are, are impacting them. And so as a, bigger, as a bigger concept, once we're able to achieve educational accessibility for all, we're actually able to lift everybody else up. You know. Hey, John, uh, I was just thinking about this. What is the difference between mental health accommodations in grade school versus accommodations in college? That is something that is very often misunderstood. I'll tell you that. So in K through 12 in grade school, there are a lot of things that the school can do to provide for you to make sure that you get the help that you need and that you can actually graduate, that you can successfully move through. So they can become really crafty with the way they support people. So sometimes it's like you can have additional absences from school and it not negatively affect you. You know, there's the ability to have maybe an aid or support to keep you, uh, you know, on task, and maybe if there's even like some behavioral aspect of your mental health concern, you know, such as things like autism that we'll often see, or even ADHD, uh, which, you know, falls into the learning aspect, but it does also impact your mental health because, you know, it's all a spectrum, like I was saying. But there are these supports where they can get really crafty and help the student out in, in almost any way that they can to keep it equal. Now, in the college level, though, at the university level, college level, higher education realm, the difference is that there, there are some limitations. So we can't, you can't modify the fundamental nature of what your course is. You know, if you're in a public speaking course and there, you may have a disability that impacts the ability to speak, you know, if there's not a way that you can effectively do those assignments or like achieve that learning objective, then there might not be an accommodation that they can provide for you to do this at the same level as if somebody didn't have a disability. And so there becomes a little bit of a barrier in college where it's like, you know, there's some limits on what can and can't be done. And the good thing though, is that as people start to examine, you know, the way that education is taught, the purpose and the learning objectives, People start to navigate away from those confining features of education and provide a more universal design for learning. Wow. I mean, uh, this is probably important to our audience. Uh, how can assistant technology enable access and inclusion for people with disability and more specifically people with mental health disabilities? Oh, yes. So things like uh, the ability to have like a virtual attendance. So, Prior to COVID, that was something that some schools were starting up and they were making it possible for people to come to school while they're, they're at home because, you know, maybe they have a very long routine that may have just impacted their ability to get to school on time. And so they don't want to miss their first period or their first, you know, class. And so now they're able to zoom into class. So this assistive technology of like Zoom and virtual attendance, video conferencing, that's one that's right there. Um, another is the idea that, or the availability of like technology, like, uh, like communication boards. So these are things that a person can use to allow them to then um, like have preset speech. So if they need to say something or they need to, to express themselves in some way, this technology already has it there. Or they can type in a phrase or type in what they need, and it communicates it out loud. So this way they're not missing that, that aspect of class that they would need. 
But assistive technology is now giving them the ability to come into the classroom, to engage in the classroom in a way that they could not have done before the technology. That's amazing to have technology like that. I'm curious, is it expensive to receive and find assistive technology? And like, does insurance cover it? Or are there other programs that are available to help somebody who has those who need some funding support? Yeah. So there is, there are a lot of government grants. So it is expensive in some cases. It can range, you know, like I was saying earlier, assistive technology can go from a, a pencil grip to help steady writing all the way up to a very, very expensive computer program, such as something like a Braille reader or mm-hmm. Braille notebook, um, which turns like electronic materials into, you know, readable things for people who have visual, visual disabilities. Now, although the, there is expensive aspects of it, there are government grants that are available for individuals who may need assistive technology. So that's not just in the schooling sector. Now, if you're lucky, and you, depending on your neighborhood, depending on your school district, your school might have a lot of money to provide like an assistive technology to you so you can take it home, you can use it with everything. Some people even just give it to them. Um, but then there are the aspects where it's like, okay, I'm not in a school setting. Nobody's going to just give me this. Well, the Department of Rehabilitation will work with people to also provide assistive technology. Because as you look at that, that has a much, much, uh, it's, a, it's a cheaper cost to provide the technology than to go ahead and try and put in place many of the other supports that they might need to independently access life. Um, and then another great resource there is actually the VA. The VA helps many veterans with uh, achieving assistive technology that they may need and supporting them. So that's a great organization. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult to navigate, but finding those, those supports and getting the funding there, that's available. You know, uh, as we know, COVID-19, the pandemic, has impacted uh, people with mental health and or disability and other things. What are some of the uh, things that you can say how, how this has impacted and what are some of the things that industry is, is doing? You know, we're coming out of COVID, supposedly, to help transition uh, folks back into some type of normal settings that have been experiencing these type of issues? Yeah, I mean, COVID has really, this pandemic situation has really uh, done some negatives to individuals with disabilities, but it's also done some positives. So as I was saying earlier, some of the positives are like, now there may be the ability to zoom into class. You know, before virtual learning was kind of like, oh, well, we need you to be here to learn these things. We need you to be hands-on. However, as we're looking at it now, wait a second. Uh, no, you don't need me to be there. I can actually do school online as you've shown me. Um, and so like, that's not just school, but that's also, you know, work. We've seen that with work as well. But on the negative side, it has created a lot of isolation. So it's also created a lot of um, like difficulty achieving support. So, you know, some people may not be able to do therapy through a telehealth situation, but they may need therapy. Therapy may be something that is definitely needed for them. And so in this, in this COVID world, they're not getting the support that they may need. Uh, and so as, things like that occur, or even just now, like the impact of the access. So if they don't have access to good information about this, and they may have a mental health disability that impacts the way that they process or the way that they see reality uh, when they're really exacerbated, that may cause them to put themselves in riskier situations where COVID may be more likely for them to be, for them to contract it. And so that is, is a big negative that has occurred, along with, like I was saying, that isolation, that fear of, of germs, the fear that has been created, uh, not to mention all the social problems that happen. But to, to reintegrate that back into society, that's going to be a, a, a big question that a lot and, of people you know have what, to ask. Jordan, can you hold that thought just a second? We're going to come back and we're going to finish with that, that question. But we're going to no take problem. a station break. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. 
There's more stories of greatness to help you overcome adversity coming up on It's Your Life with James Cooley. The J.C. Cooley Foundation is a nonprofit organization that was started in October of 2014. The J.C. Cooley Foundation continues to strive to expand its programs and offerings to the youth, young adults, and citizens of our great communities nationwide and overseas. We hope that you'll be able to take part in one or more of the many exciting events that we're offering this year and experience firsthand the pride we take in supporting our cause. It's our mission to equip the youth of today for the challenges of tomorrow. And we rely heavily on the generosity of individuals and business owners for support. Without the assistance of community-minded individuals just like you, we wouldn't be able to serve our youth each year. We ask that you make a commitment to support our annual appeal by making a cash donation. This year's goal is $50,000. Your generosity will assist us in making a difference in the lives of the youth in our community. You can give online at CooleyFoundation.org. Remember that every donation makes a difference regardless of size. The J.C. Cooley Foundation thanks you in advance for your contribution. Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet. The true life coming of age story by James J.C. Cooley. Using humor, wit, and engaging storytelling, James paints a picture about his arrival in a rural deep south town and realization that life would never be the same. Cooley lays out his struggle to adjust from city life to country life and back again, sharing his hard-earned lessons to educate, encourage, and enlighten our next generation of leaders and heroes. Get your copy of Country Boy, City Boy, a journey that ain't over yet by James J.C. Cooley available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold. The Answer San Diego, streaming now on TuneIn.com and Radio.com. It's time to dream big, think big, and be big. It's time for more It's Your Life. Here's your host, James Cooley. Welcome back to It's Your Life. I'm James Cooley, and uh, I tell you, listen to the audience, um, if you want to join in, on the conversation, or you got a question for Jordan, that's one 344 1170 Again, that's 1-888-344-1170. Jordan, I, I kind of cut you off when you was uh, explaining the COVID portion of it. Uh, can, can you finish up your thoughts on that one? Yeah, so uh, I was talking a little bit about how the reintegration of people who may have had exacerbated disabilities or who have made who may have been really significantly impacted by this, this setting. Um, one of those was, I mentioned earlier, was the fact that, you know, now there is the thing of virtual attendance. So being able to, to really allow people to come into the workplace, to come into educational setting as a hybrid model, where it's no longer like you have to be here. Um, but then there's also some of the other aspects that's going to really need a lot of support and a lot of reintegration, you know, around that fear. You know, there's going to be a lot of people who may have a medical condition that puts them at risk for COVID. And so reintegrating into society right away may be something that they want to put the brakes on. They want to say, whoa, 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 you know, I, I understand that it is now safe. However, my experience and all of the information that I know where people with disabilities have been forgotten about or have not been thought about as these things happen, I want to put a break on this because I'm I'm not quick enough to to want to jump into this. So there's going to have to be a lot of work done to not only make sure that people with disabilities, mental health disabilities, all disabilities, are able to actually fully engage in society now versus what society was last year. Hey, Jordan, has there been a shift in educational access since the pandemic has basically gone, has caused everyone to go virtual? Yeah, there has been. Um, You know, kind of like what I've been harping on, there's the new ability to be there present. I mean, there's also been a lot of shift in the way that teachers and professors will teach. So now there is this idea that, okay, there's tools that we can use. There's everybody's now has the ability to really, if you have a computer and you have uh, internet access, all of our documents, all of our textbooks, maybe our course readings are going to be now online, which that changes the game for people who may have visual disabilities, who may have cognitive disabilities, where looking at print and paper is not the best way for them to learn. To sitting in a classroom where they have to stare at a board, which they may or may not be able to see or may or may not be able to follow along with, 
that is going to be changed. And it's almost like the, the COVID situation may have done a lot of good as well as a lot of bad for society. But on the educational access area, it seems like it's moving in a much more positive direction and it's accelerated that push towards being more accessible. That's really interesting. Um, along those lines, like, what are some of the incentives for businesses in the public sector to, um, to help support or push for more accessibility? Yeah. Uh, well, one, there's, I mean, one, one thing that immediately comes to mind is the financial aspect. One, it's very costly to be sued because you're inaccessible. That is something that no business wants. Um, nobody, nobody in general wants to be sued to lose money because of that. But there's also the idea that if you become more accessible, more people will interact with your product. More people will want to engage with what you have, and they'll, you'll get more foot traffic. So if your website is now accessible on the electronic end, more people can actually order things from your website. That is actually one of the major reasons why people with disabilities choose specific um, specific services or specific businesses is because they've tried to find information or they've tried to buy a product from a different place and it was frustrating. It, was, it wasn't easy for them to navigate or their business wasn't accessible. You know, it's on the fourth floor of a building with no elevator. So how, how is somebody who may need an elevator to get up flights of steps ever going to shop at your business? So the financial aspect is there, but then there's also, you know, the social aspect, you know, we're all in this together. Something I really like to say is it's not about me. It's about we. And so as your business grows and you start to help other people, people recognize that and they want to help your business grow. They want to help you get into new things. They want to help businesses, you know, expand in that case, not just financially, but also, you know, through the social work that they do. You mentioned um, <laughs> uh, universal design. Can you explain that a little bit more to our listening audience? Yes. Universal design is a phenomenal concept. And so originally what universal design was applied to was the idea that, you know, structures should be available for everybody. So that was what really was the push for things like ramps being put in or curb cuts. So the idea is that, mm. okay, people who may need a wheelchair mm. or may need support to go up steps, they need access to something. However, if you just build this to begin with on like the first floor or with a ramp, everybody can access it and nobody has to come up and say, hey, there's an issue here. Can you add this on? Or like curb cuts. They're built for people who may need, you know, assistance getting up that ramp, but it's very useful to step off the curb via the curb cut instead of having to jump off the curb or walk off the curb and potentially trip. And that's just for people without disabilities. So something, I, I said it a little bit earlier, it's not about me, it's about we. The idea is that universal design is good for everybody. And so instead of waiting for it to be like, oh, we need to put in something that might just be good for a certain population of people who need it, it's actually, this is good for everybody. So another example of universal design is the ability to talk to your cell phone and it type it out for you. That's called speech to text and that's an assistive technology. But that was originally made for people who may have difficulty with typing or who may have a difficulty with, you know, finding the keys and navigating. When in reality, that helps everybody. Because now, look at us. We're sitting there talking on our phones in the con in, in, while driving. Hey, I'm not able to answer the phone right now. Just that'll send off the message. Or, you know, putting it in really quickly because you don't have time to talk, hands-free. Universal design is something that, that hits all of those areas, not just for one type of person, but for everybody. You know, so uh, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we are hopefully transitioning out of uh, this pandemic and, and uh, we're going to get people back in schools, uh, back in the classroom, which is what I, what I mean. Uh, what are some of the things that uh, 
you guys are planning uh, some of the recommendations to to the schools that they have in place uh, to help uh, people with disabilities and mental health. Uh, welcome them back. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcoming them back. There's a big there's a big push now for educational access, especially on on the West Coast. I know that for sure, and also on the bigger name universities. So some things that people are doing is. Uh, making sure that dorms are completely safe. Like, during this time, a good thing about the fact that students haven't been able to be on university campuses is that they've been able to change the way that their buildings are. They've been able to open up and redesign the things that are happening on their campus, their spaces, and making them more accessible. So as we move towards this reintegration, it's like, all right, how can we, how can we replan this idea and repurpose our structures to support these individuals and support all individuals coming back. Wow. That's, that is so great. You know what? This was so helpful and so important, you know, so Jordan, how can our listening audience get in touch with you if they need to? Yeah. Uh, I would love to continue the conversation. So if you want to, you can find me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at J O C O. ATP. So that's at Joko ATP. Um, and you can also email me. My email is my first name, uh, my middle initial, so it's T, so J T, and then my last name, Colbert, at opticityxp.com. Hey, thank you so much for taking time to come on today and educate uh, our listening audience. And uh, thank you again, my friend. I'd like to thank all. Uh, uh, my co-host, Michelle uh, Cooley, for, for being here again. I'd like to thank the show contributor, Chuck Trenoni, uh, for, for being here. Uh, most importantly, I'd like to thank the listening audience uh, for taking time to tune in with us today. You know, because we're going to be here tomorrow, the next day, and the next day. So, <laughs> you know, but we got some great topics coming your way. But always keep in mind that we're looking for sponsors to help continue to bring this great message to you. We'll see you tomorrow. It's your life. I'm James Cooley. Good night. Thanks for joining us for It's Your Life with James Cooley. To learn more about James, how you can support the show, or become a guest, visit CooleyFoundation.org. Join James weekdays at this same time for more motivation and inspiration to help you become equipped today for the challenges of tomorrow. This has been the James Cooley Show. It's your life where you learn how to dream big, think big, and be big at everything that you do. It's your life is sponsored by James J.C. Cooley.